Atlanta Hawks get a very predictable game three win, and I'm still not concerned about this series. I didn't see anything that changed my mind. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you're a subscriber, so hit whatever your favorite podcasting app is, get this show in there, subscribed, so you can download this show whenever it drops. Bonus podcast today. Don't normally do Friday night, Saturday podcasts, but hey, Celtics played a playoff game, gonna make sure... I'm giving you bonus content whenever they play in the playoffs. Uh, watch a show on YouTube. Subscribe there. Hop into the conversation. I'm John Corrales. I used to play back in the day. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Celtics uh, fall to the Atlanta Hawks, 131-22. And my big picture overall takeaway is the Hawks played about as perfect a game as the Atlanta Hawks are going to play. This game was... Absolutely the 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 best, I think the best possible game the Hawks could play. And the Celtics still had a chance to win. It was 130-122 was the final score. They had a damn near perfect performance from the bench. Sadiq Bay was great. Jalen Johnson scored, uh hit a couple of three-pointers. Uh Bogdan Bogdanovich was great. Uh, they, they got basically everything they allowed in the first two games in this game, it, it kind of hurt the Celtics. Uh, Trey young was finally good in a game. He had 32 DeJounte Murray was good. Again, he's been good. Uh, he had, he had some really, uh, clutch late baskets the, they really got basically great games from just about everybody. Uh, John Collins was the only one who didn't really pitch in much. And the Celtics still had a chance to tie with about a minute or so left in the game. They had their opportunity. They couldn't, they just couldn't break through the entire fourth quarter. They were right there. And I was just like, it's a five point game. It's a six point game. It's a three point game. It's the entire fourth quarter. I was saying, just play a little bit of defense, just grab a rebound. You'll be fine. But the Celtics couldn't grab a rebound. They couldn't stop the Hawks. Uh, and I think you go back to the second quarter where this game flipped from Boston being in control to the Hawks being in control, where the Celtics gave up a 41 to 30 quarter. And that was basically because the Hawks could not miss. They were six of nine from three, which the Celtics were also six of nine from three, but the Hawks were also 17 of 23 overall. So the Celtics made three shots, three two pointers where the Hawks made 11, two pointers in that 
second quarter on top of being super hot six of nine from three. And that that's where the game really flipped and the Celtics could never quite get, get it back. They, they had times where they, you know, they tied the game up. It was tied at 79. They, they made a couple of runs here and there. They, they played some decent defense in the fourth quarter. Uh, Marcus Smart, Derek White. But the Hawks just had it rolling. So my my number one biggest takeaway from this game is I don't know that the Hawks can do this again. I really don't. I think I think this was, as I've been saying, if you've been listening to the podcast all along, I've been saying they were going to kind of run away with game one. And it got a little close at the end of game one. I thought game two was going to be tougher. I thought game three was going to be the one where the Hawks get super hot and the Celtics could never, never recover. It's kind of how I thought the game was going to go. Hawks get hot, can't miss. The Celtics can never just get that shot, can never quite get that that one play. Uh, there were There were a few stretches there. Basically, in the fourth quarter, there were two or three possessions where the Hawks got multiple offensive rebounds. This has been a problem. This is something the Celtics have to figure out. But that one play, and this is the play where Marcus Smart fell and, and hurt his back, hopefully that's not going to be a problem. He said, we'll see how it feels after the game. Hopefully that's not a problem for Sunday night. But they had four shots, the Hawks did, in that possession. And that's the possession that ended with Trey Young hitting that stupid shot, that sidestep corner shot on Al Horford. I thought Al Horford defended that perfectly, but that's that's how this game went. The Celtics, in the beginning, in the second quarter, did not play the their high level of defense, the level of defense that we'd seen in the first couple of games. They did play some pretty good defense in the fourth quarter. It's just by that time, the Hawks were making everything, and they, they hit some incredibly difficult shots. And the Celtics were missing open shots. The three that Jason Tatum took was wide open. That was a shot that he would normally make. That's a shot that he makes more often than not. It was a catch and shoot, stepping into it in rhythm. So I think the Celtics, if any number of different things go uh, a different way, then the Celtics win this game, even with this outlier performance that I keep talking about outlier performance from the Hawks. If Jalen Brown has a normal game, but I thought I wrote in my preview on Boston sports journal, this could be a game where Jalen Jalen plays kind of outside himself. And he did, he got into foul trouble early. Uh, he finished with five fouls, seven to 15 shooting, but zero of four from three and just 15 points. If Jalen has a normal night, then Jalen, uh, then, then this game goes differently. Jason Tatum had 29 points, four of 11 from three, but he was 0 of five in the second half. That's if if he has a normal second half, this goes differently. Uh, Al Horford had a good second half, but he was quiet in the first quarter. If we had a little bit more normal Al Horford or Derek White, who was quiet, only had 11 points in this game, uh, that would have made this game go a little bit differently. I, 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 oh, Robert Williams, 
who did you know a couple of good things, but was mostly way too quiet. Four points, no blocked shots, one steal, five rebounds in less than 20 minutes. Just a kind of way too quiet game for Robert Williams. A normal Robert Williams game changes the dynamic of this. So a lot of things went wrong for the Celtics and a lot of things went right for the Atlanta Hawks. But I will say, I think the Celtics getting hot from three early on hurt them. I'll talk about that in just a minute. First, today's show brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and you'll look and, and look for the green uh, check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And we saw that against the Hawks. When you shop on eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items apply. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'll get that right. I'll figure it out. So I thought the Celtics, one of the worst things that happened to them in this game was was getting super hot from three early. 15 of 25 from three in the first half, uh, 60%. So 25 three-pointers and 22-pointers in the first half. Then in the second half, the three-pointers stopped falling. They Six of 23, 26%. But they still took... 23 three-pointers, and what's that? 24 two-pointers, so that's 47. Yeah, 24 two-pointers. That's that's basically an even split, but the Celtics, I think, settled or, or I don't want to say settled. They chose to take early three-pointers when there were opportunities to drive and for some reason in my head that's different than settling they they had choices and they made the choice to take three pointers there were a couple of plays where if if tatum especially was more patient he had a couple of three pointers where he there was one where he could have driven there's one where he could have he he had robert williams turning the corner on a pick just be a little bit more patient, and and that pass would have been there. Could have been an alley oop, or it would have at least collapsed the defense and maybe got the Celtics something a little bit more open than the contested. It was a contested three pointer. So I just feel like the Celtics getting so hot early, they just felt like they could rely on that three pointer, uh, and and that that hurt them in the second half. I thought Tatum, especially. Uh, 0 for 5. Jalen only took a couple. Uh, Smart was still kind of firing in the second half. Uh, he missed. He was one of six. I think there were a couple of times. I, Smart Smart was just being left open. And that's another thing that they, they did, uh, the Hawks did, which is an interesting little wrinkle. They put Clint Capella on, on Marcus Smart, and I think that they can say, hey, this kind of worked out well because he, took, he was 5 of 12 from 3. So, okay, 40-something percent. One of six 
in the second half. So four of six in the first half, you know, hit or miss, right? Make miss league. They might live with that. They might say, okay, we're going to stick with that Capella on Marcus Smart and say, go ahead, take 12 more threes in game four. Let's see how that goes. But even so, even, even if it goes the same way or a similar way, the Celtics have other options that they could have gone to that would have made this would have made that kind of not a factor. Um, I, I thought that the rebounding is something that the Celtics have to focus on. And it's it, on both ends of the floor. They have to make sure that they're winning that battle. Not only did they get out rebounded, did they give up a ton of second chance points uh, overall second chance points Twenty-three to nine, boy! I gotta boost that. I gotta zoom in on that one. <laughs> you, you see me on on the YouTube. I'm like, ah, I gotta get away from the microphone so I can look at this box score. Twenty-three to nine was the uh, final points. I'm sorry, uh, final second chance points. That's too much. The Celtics do a good job of offensive rebounding, and they they did not keep any possessions alive. It felt like. In the second half, the second half was a lot of one and done for Boston and a lot of extended possessions for the Atlanta Hawks. So that that's not something that can continue there. Um, so if they just rebound a little bit better and be patient on offense, then they'll be fine. I think a lot of times the Hawks were able to get out and get comfortable in transition, even if it doesn't go down as a transition point. They're able to go get their cross matches, and the Celtics' defense is scrambling. When you rely on the three as much as the Celtics did in the second half, and when they're missing, those rebounds are long rebounds, and the Hawks can get out there and run and kind of be disruptive against those cross matches. When you're getting to the rim, the Celtics did a great job in the first two games of getting to the rim and getting points in the paint. And the Celtics in in this game lost the points in the paint battle, fifty four to forty. Now. They they had, what, 10 in the first half, so they did a better job in the second half. But that second quarter was, you know, that that's where the disparity really came in. Got to win that points in the paint battle because then you can set your defense. If you're getting the points in the paint, it's demoralizing, first of all. You can set your defense. You're getting layups. You're getting high percentage shots. Get back. And maybe the 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 Hawks don't get quite as comfortable, and they they stop hitting the shots that they were hitting. Also, the Celtics drop coverage. Trey Young was destroying that in the fourth quarter. I, I think the Celtics have to look at that, and they started switching, which was fine. But are they gonna are they gonna switch all the way through now? Um, it, that's gonna be an interesting thing. The Celtics tried, I think what happened in the first couple of games is they tried to drop coverage and they're like, let's see if we can do, so in drop coverage, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they run pick and roll. The Hawks are the, the, I think the top or one of the top on ball screening teams and Al Horford is the big, instead of coming up and switching most of the, most of the series so far, or, or coming up to the level of the screen where the screen is being set. He'll drop down, and the Celtics will chase over the top of the screen. So Trey Young's guy, Marcus Smart, Derek White, 
will chase over the top, kind of chase him into the middle of the lane, and the Celtics big is dropping because they don't want the alley-oop and they want to be in a position to box out that crashing big. So Clint Capella sets the pick. He rolls. They're not going to give him the alley-oop. They're basically saying, go ahead, Trey Young, beat us with floaters. And he kind of did in the fourth quarter. And so the Celtics ended up switching and going to Al Horford, switching onto Trey Young, which I thought was actually pretty good. I thought Horford did a pretty decent job. It's just that Young hit some incredibly difficult shots. I want to see how that goes in, in game four. I think if you're going to play that drop coverage, you you still have to I don't I think Horford was getting too deep. I think it might have been a function of God, we're getting crushed on the boards. I've got to worry more about this guy coming down the lane than the ball handler. And I think Horford was pulled out of position a, a lot in late in the game, especially in that fourth quarter, especially when Trey Young started to really, really do some damage. But they got to be careful because this is a team that while under Quinn Snyder is taking a lot more three-pointers, it's a team that loves to take mid-range. And um, under Nate McMillan, they were a big mid-range shooting team. They love to get into the middle of the floor. And if DeJounte Murray is hitting the shots that he's comfortable taking, if Trey Young is getting those shots, if guys are getting shots that they're comfortable taking and making, then that translates to the rest uh, of their games. You can start moving out and hitting three-pointers, which both of them did. Uh, it, it when they're hitting the rest of the team feels comfortable. It kind of is, uh, contagious. So a little bit of an adjustment there on just how deep Al Horford was playing. I think that's going to help or mix in more switching and kind of vary it from time to time. You know, just don't stick to one thing, but ultimately I just fall on the Celtics are still, I didn't see anything in this, in this game that said, Oh, Sadiq Bay got these shots because of a matchup thing. No, I didn't see that at all. I still think the Celtics own all of the matchups. I still think nothing has changed. The result of this game hasn't changed my mind as far as where the matchups are, who has the advantages and all of that stuff. The Hawks didn't do anything significantly different. They just started making some shots. I think the Celtics played poorly. The Hawks played well. I don't think this is a, a function of the Celtics playing down to the Hawks. I really don't. I've seen the Celtics play down. You've seen the Celtics play down. I don't think this is what that was at all. Now, the Celtics might have been a little too comfortable, and I think maybe the Celtics didn't play. They, they obviously didn't play their best. But if we're saying playing down to the opponent is, let's just say, playing half speed, I don't think the Celtics were playing half speed. I think the Celtics were playing more like 80, 85% speed. And the Hawks were playing at 105%. They were going over and above. It's funny, DeJounte Murray, <laughs> after the game, said, you know, when, when they played here in the regular season, they were getting a lot of cheers. All, all those Celtics fans in the crowd. And in this game, they were feeling the crowd. We actually had our Hawks crowd. This is a different environment, and it might have been – I don't want to say this is why. This is I'm not going to make this as an excuse, but you, you walk into the uh, State Farm Arena and you see 
Celtics fans every time you go there. And then all of a sudden a playoff game, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually a hostile crowd. You know, Hawks fans show up in the playoffs and they did in this game. So the atmosphere was a little bit different. It was different for the Hawks. I think the Hawks fed off of that. The role players fed off of that. So I think the Celtics, you know, they took, they took the punch. They, they actually did respond. It's just, they couldn't finish it off. And a few, if the few plays go differently, like instead of Marcus smart falling, Clint Capella got his hand in and tipped the ball away and threw Marcus Smart off balance. If Smart comes down with that rebound and Trey Young doesn't get that three-pointer, the Celtics come down and score, the rest of that game changes. So I still think as poorly as the Celtics kind of played and executed and as well as the Hawks played and executed, the, the Celtics are still so much better than the Hawks that their poor play still put them in a position to have a chance to steal this game. But hey, credit to the Hawks. They did a great job. They they went out there. They didn't quit. They they played their butts off. They got big performances. And they, they did what they're supposed to do. They won game three. But again, I expected them to win game three. I've said Celtics in five from the beginning, and I thought game three was the game they're going to lose. Now the Celtics have to follow the script. Come out Sunday night. The way I see it right now, come out Sunday night with something to prove. Go out there. Big, strong execution in the first quarter. Go out and play. Play well and put up a, you know, have a double-digit lead. I expect the Hawks to still play well at home. I still expect the, the Hawks role players to still play well at home. Just not this well. And I expect it to be Celtics go up big. Hawks make a run. Have it be a little bit tight but the Celtics hold them off and then the Celtics go home play on Tuesday night and roll them. Just be done with it. So that's my expectation. I think that's been the script all along. I I'm not some sort of like basketball savant having called the first three games because this is how these types of series go. Anybody that follows the NBA can probably follow the script as well. So I'm not, I'm not like, predicting things as some like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take this bull take. No, I'm, I'm kind of telling you how these series go in general. And there's nothing that tells me that this should not follow the rest of the script. I'm sorry. The Hawks, the Hawks played well in this game. They did what they had to do, but this was their absolute best case scenario. And I don't think they can duplicate that. So we'll see. I'll be back Sunday after the game with another bonus podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Watch the show on YouTube. Hop into the comment section and share the podcast. Please tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.